little bit feeling the uh, the aches and pains of iOS seven. Well, a little bit, I guess. I haven't felt it that much. I don't think. It's time again for Preservation State with Philip and Christopher. This is episode number eight, September thirtieth, twenty thirteen. Craziness. It's been a kind of a kind of a weird, slowish, sluggish week, huh? Not a lot going on, you know. It's just been kind of a little bit feeling the uh, the aches and pains of iOS seven. Well, <laughs> a little bit, I guess. I haven't felt it that much. I don't think. Uh, it's it's really growing on me. Personally, well, it's funny because I just. Got a couple comments um, that they said uh, it felt like uh, Fisher Price. Huh? And I, I, don't, I don't. I don't get that at all. My only feeling is it must be because it's so shape based, you know, with circles. I suppose. I suppose. Yeah. But but that's such a a small piece of the whole thing. I would, yeah, I don't know. I, I would probably make a Ikea comparison before I made a toy comparison, you know? Probably. The, uh, though my dad, 86, um, I talked to him about it. I said, you know, Dad, there's an update, you know, and I'm running it on mine. Um, if you would, uh, if you want to update, go for it. And if you get into any problems, let me know. And he did it. And he loves it. Yep. Good. <clears throat> so that kind of broke a lot of the uh, conventions. Yeah, my uh, my elderly mother feels the same. She's you know she took it right in stride. And again, the only thing that I've had a uh, you know anything about was the swiping. That was about it. So you know right. er- everybody's going to learn. And you you have some new toys. A new toy, sure, sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. The 5S. Okay, let's start it in. <laughs> how, how, how did it feel? The same. Uh, you know, the construction-wise in your hand, it's the same as the uh, as the 5, you know, really. Uh, color slightly different, because um, I had the, the black 5, and I have the space gray 5S, but, uh, you know... In your hand, it's uh, it's the same thing, um, but it has the uh, the uh, super camera and uh, the Touch ID, and both of which you like a lot. Both of which are are very cool in their own ways. You know, um, I don't know where you want to start. You want to start with the uh, you want to start the camera. Or you want to start with the uh, getting into the phone. Hey, let's start with the camera. Because, I mean, we, we were talking about it a little bit earlier offline, and I said, you know, for us plebeians out in the gutter um, in our fiefdom, uh, the 4S users, we do have a burst mode. Now, it's not an M60 like you. It's more of a eh, maybe a uh, you know, World War II type machine gun. <laughs> uh-huh. So, yeah. but I did. I did use it the other day, and the results were okay. But again, if you have HDR on, you always get a little bit of an issue with um, 
uh, ghosting. Oh, sure. Do you always shoot with HDR on? I do, and it's more for safety and redundancy. I figure if I'm going to get one, I might as well get two and get one that maybe has something that the other one didn't. Hmm. All right. So if I want to, I can blend the two together. Like I could bring both of them into HDR and, you know, like into Photoshop and do an HDR with them. Sure, but you end up with one underexposed and one overexposed photographs, and it's not like they're raws or something, so that really limits what you can do with them at that point. I mean, basically, you can make an HDR photo, which looks different from a regular photo, you know? Yeah. I or, mean, or, I, or not, you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, like if I put one layer on top of the other, I can maybe do a little bit of... Um, uh, erasing around some of the areas that that maybe the HDR caught that the other one didn't. You know, huh. yeah. Is it a normal thing? Not really. Usually I end up with just two two pictures and then that's it. Right. And then how do you how do you use them though? Because like I say, you have one underexposed and one overexposed. What what do you do with those? Really it becomes more of a choice. So if it had a lot of action in it, that HDR is probably garbage. Because it's got such bad ghosting. And so then I have the the normal one that I can keep. Now, if it's a still shot and I've kind of lined it up for the shot, I can, you know, I'll take, you know, I'll take two of them, the, the, the two of them, put them into even Pixelmator and just kind of um, adjust um, uh, the opacity of one and kind of just... You know, kind of double them up a little bit to see if maybe there's some interesting things that can be done. You know, it, hmm. it's it's not, you know, complete orthodoxy, but it, it's something, you know, just that, I, that I'll do just for fun if it's, you know, kind of an important photograph, you know, just to see if I can, you know, spruce it up that much more. Hmm. Okay. No, just an interesting point because I, you know, I never, ever use HDR. Never. I just like the way it looks sometimes. Like I kind of I caught the bug a couple of years back, and if I get a, sh- get a chance to shoot one, you know, when I had a, you know, I had, used to have a, a Fuji film that shot like, I don't know, something like 16 or 18 megapixel. So, like, to do an HDR on that was kind of more interesting. I had the settings that I could adjust, and so I could do a legit HDR. Then sure. the iPhone right. had it, and so I don't even worry about it anymore. Right, right. All right, cool. All right, you know, slight tangent, but I just interesting, I thought. Yeah. All right, so talk about your M60. <laughs> the, yeah, the 5S, uh, the, the, camera, the camera hardware and software combination is, is pretty impressive on, on some levels. Um, you know, you put your finger down on the, uh, on the shutter button, and you can snap off, you know, 20 to 50 photos without even thinking about it really you know which is is interesting um i found that you know once again sort of like what you're talking about with hdr if there's a lot of movement going on or what have you in the scene as you're shooting off these photos you end up with a lot of stuff out of focus or blurred or what have you so there's a there's a lot of junk in there you know it almost seems like if you're gonna do a burst you'd almost want to do the locking of the focus in AE before you started it. 
I would I would think that that would probably work work best. I don't know. You know, for me, it's it's interesting, and it certainly, you know, could be used to interesting effect in different ways if you needed a whole bunch of uh, a sequence for something. But for me, a, a burst mode of like. I, you know, three to five photos to me makes a lot more sense than just rapid fire. Well, I mean, it just adds for a lot of work later of deciding what's good, what's not. I mean, we're already right. shoot, we're already keeping an enormous amount of pictures to begin with. Now, well, with the 5S, you're now looking at, you know, 10 times that at, at the minimum. Possibly, yeah. And the interesting thing, you know, one of the interesting things there being that they did not upgrade the the uh, the storage on the <clears throat> iPhone at all, which I was sort of hoping for and almost maybe kind of expecting in a little way. But they, uh, you know, going from uh, the 163264 to a 3264 128 gigabyte spread, you know, you would think that I mean, they had they knew what they were getting into. So you would almost kind of lead you to believe that 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 sword should be bigger yeah well we'll see you know it's it'll happen probably in the six iphone six you know but um you shoot one of these streams of you know however many photos you get as you hold the button down and when you go into the photos app that burst is represented by a sort of single stack of photos and uh you tap and open that up and you get sort of a sharing style picker of the photos. Okay. Okay. And you scroll through them and select the ones that you like. And here's what it does. It doesn't actually, I was sort of confused about it a little bit at first, but it doesn't, you select the ones that you like and hit done. And what it does is it takes those out of the burst and saves them as individual photos to the camera roll. And leaves the burst there. So then it's up to you. If, if you get all the photos you want out of that burst, then you have to put it into, you know, put the uh, the photo picker into edit mode and then delete that burst, you know, to get rid of the rest of them, basically. Gotcha. Okay. Well, yeah. hmm. And, you know, and right now it's really, uh, it's really an iPhone 5 thing. You have to do all of your burst shooting and editing as far as pics, et cetera, you have to do on the iPhone at this point because uh, Aperture and iPhoto on the Mac do not recognize bursts. And it even looks like bursts are not uh, synced across photo stream at this time because, for instance, I'll shoot them on my iPhone and they, they do not show up on my iPad. What I get is a single photo of the first photo of the burst. Interesting. Well, that's kind of a nicety because that would just eat into your uh, into right. your stream real quick. It would it would make iCloud balloon if all of a sudden they were it was getting flooded with these huge bursts of photos. You know? Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, think about it. your your photo stream. Everything at the tail end of it would just be knocked off. Yeah, yeah. Because what's a thousand photos? I maximum? think something like that. Yeah. Right. So, you know, very interesting, uh, you know, really, really kind of kind of neat. Um, as we, you and I have talked about uh, offline, it would really be nice if Apple would allow you to switch modes where you can go into sort of a, a single shot mode or a rest your finger on the button and release to shoot mode, that sort of thing. I, I think they've got to. They've got to do something. Um, 
Well, maybe, maybe, maybe not. They they may very well just leave that to the third parties and say, "Hey, this is the way the built-in yeah. Photos app works." But you know, you want something different. There's lots of room for that. You know. Well, there you go with that. I mean, that's that could that's a definite um, Apple move. If you if you want it one way, you go and pick that app. There you go. Yeah. And you know, and for instance, Hue Less and Hue More on the 5S are are speedy, speedy. They're not. They don't shoot. Uh, in machine gun bursts like the built-in camera because you actually have to, you know, engineer for that kind of performance. Um, but just our, you know, our single-shot mode that Hue Less and Hue More work in uh, is really nice and snappy on the 5S. Nice. So when, yeah. you're, doing, when you're doing those lossless TIFFs, no big yeah. deal? Oh, not at all. Not at all. <sighs> That's good stuff. Yep. yep. Well, I wonder if, though, if, you know, probably the Mavericks up, up I'm assuming that, there's probably going to be a big um, change in iPhoto. I, you know, I would think in in Mavericks. Well, weren't we? Am I crazy, or do I remember Tim Cook? I believe at some at one point saying something about videos syncing via PhotoStream. Did I not hear that? And was that part of Mavericks? It must have been, but. I'm I'm with you on that. I, I I'm almost positive that that somehow video was going to be a part of it, and it was going to be over Wi-Fi. Okay, okay, which makes sense. Makes sense, but it's certainly it's not working now because I've been playing around with the video on the 5s, and and once again, none of it shows up on my iPad. Mm-hmm. I I really wish that that they would make that happen, and, and you know, obviously it's coming. I mean, there's enough video out there and plus it makes it really cumbersome that your video is not there and of course then again you've got a lot of other third party like dropbox for instance that will be happy to take anything you can give it right right yeah it, like you say it's coming you know Speaking apple always which, does things in steps did am i wrong in this or did dropbox acquire cloud or are they they're doing cloud type services with screenshots i do not know that i i have not heard of this I, it had just come out and i and i i kind of browsed through it because i know they just the update just recently you can move basically your iphoto library to dropbox which i'm not sure if i really want to do that but i know that if you take a screenshot now on your mac it will uh copy the link and so it'll, and it'll put in your clipboard, just like um, Dropler or Cloud or a lot of those other services. Right, right. Huh. Okay. Interesting. Side you know, note. Expect to see Dropbox continuing to, to expand, you know? Uh, yeah, I'll tell you what. There, it seems like they're really getting... They're at this really weird apex. They've got their own mail system now, and they're... Do they? Really, well, um, they mail they bought Mailbox. Yeah, but as far as I can tell, I mean, maybe I'm completely wrong here, but as far as I can tell, Mailbox is a Gmail client. It is. But, but what does that have to do with Dropbox? Because you can easily access um, images or files through through the through the Mailbox app that's linked directly to your Dropbox so you can just attach images or files. Oh whatever. sure. So so they're so they're attaching to your Dropbox account to do attachments, but 
that doesn't mean that Dropbox is running a mail service. That just means that they've got a conduit so you can attach stuff from your Dropbox to your Gmail email. Yes, you know? yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Okay. I, I stand corrected. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they did email at some point of their own, but... But why would you want to? You already have Gmail doing it. I mean, unless you really want to take on a big, you know, a huge, you know, amount of data. I mean, though they know how to work data. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't want to take it on. But that's just me. I have no no insights into Dropbox's plans, you know? No. It's been it's been pretty quiet. Um, so Touch ID, I got I when I played with one five S, I uh, I tried to open up another guy's five um, S with my finger. It didn't work. Of course, I didn't really you know really try and and really try to mess with it, um, but it denied me for sure. Sure, yeah, and, as it should. Well, you'd think so. Unless you're a German who, you know, successfully synthetically fingerprints stuff and, and fools it in real time. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, and, and I, I pointed to that for our, our notes for the show. But, you know, really that's, yeah, you know, it's like, okay. Yeah, that's obvious. I mean, I, I don't know if it's common knowledge, but as far as I'm concerned, the ability to, to replicate a person's fingerprint is something that's, you know, been possible for a long time, sure. you know? Well, now, so, do, you, do you map multiple fingers, or is it just whatever finger you're going to be using? Well, you can do up to five fingers. That makes sense. And I did four currently. I did the thumb, my both thumbs and both index fingers. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Because those are really the fingers I'm going to be sure. using to sure. unlock it, you know? Um, in my in my uh, experience, it works really well. The setup process is kind of interesting. The first thing you do, you know, you go in and you have to uh, you go into uh, general settings and you set up your passcode. And the first thing you have to do is you have to have a passcode, obviously, as a backup. Sure. So you, you put in your passcode, and then there's a little little uh, fingerprints, and you hit that, and it takes you to the fingerprint screen. Add a fingerprint, and the first thing it has you do is pr- place and lift your finger on the sensor. You know, I don't know, maybe half a dozen times or so in that range as it sort of repeatedly scans it and creates a map of your finger. And then there's a secondary step where it has you do that same process again, but with your finger at different angles. So it maps out sort of the edges of your fingertip. Ah, so interesting. So, well, and if you think about it, they don't, you know, you don't want to be thinking about doing it. You just want it to do what it was intended to do. So to make it, I guess, as frictionless as possible, why don't we get a couple different angles? And so when you just happen to slightly, you know, grab it, whatnot, it still identifies as you. Right. But in practice, getting only your finger partially on the button does not work. You have oh. to get your finger on the button. You okay. Know? And I'd say, you know, my success rate with opening my phone with the with the uh, Touch ID is probably, you know, 93, 94% in that range. Mm-hmm. 
which I think is is pretty darn good, and of course is only going to get better over time as they improve the software, et cetera. You sure, know? sure. Now, what is it doing? It's just a touch sensor. I mean, it's not taking a picture. It's just it. It's just feeling the creases in your. No, no. It's it's a it's a visual. I don't know what wavelength exactly. It's you know taking basically taking a picture of your of your finger in or, or what have you but it yeah it's basically a picture there's a sensor the the top home button which used to be plastic i assume is now sapphire crystal and then under that is a uh sensor i you know similar to a camera sensor you know mm-hmm. and that reads your your finger each time man yeah it's very cool that's just amazing when you think about that tech is inside something so thin and small. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just mind-boggling. Well, and you know, and and the people who are complaining that you know, like the Germans, et cetera, who say it's kind of a joke, et cetera. You know, uh, sure, if you have the resources and the time, et cetera, and you can, you know, get somebody's iPhone in a pristine condition with a nice fingerprint that you can lift off of it, you know then you can recreate that fingerprint and get into their phone. But for your average user, it creates a really convenient way to safeguard your data from your basic thief. You know? We we don't all live in the in the mythical world of Mission Impossible. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, and by the time you know, you ha- it, they can't get in without your fingerprint or passcode. And that gives you all the time you'd probably need, even if they were going to create a fingerprint and break into it, that probably gives you all the time you need to get somewhere and do a remote wipe, you know? Right. Kind of thing. So I, I think it's really good. It adds it adds security to probably what's going to end up, you know, being millions of phones that didn't have it before, you know? Yep. And I expect that we'll see Apple at some point um, – Put a put a preference in to to require both the fingerprint and the passcode. Well, I would think because you know I've only had this happen uh, probably one time, and you know how you can you can authenticate when you're about to buy an app, and so you yep. bought that app, and there seems to be a window. It might be about fifteen minutes, might be ten minutes. I don't know what it is. I think it's about fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. And, you know, if you were to hit anything else yep. in that window, you've purchased it. Yep. Yep. I, that, that, that concerns me slightly, and it's, it's, it's only happened one time. Well, for sales, you know, for purchasing an actual app, it's still a two-step process because you've got to, you know, tap the price once, and then it turns into a buy button, and then you tap it again. You know, that's so right. that's, you know, where you might get into trouble, I think, is with in-app purchases. But that's easy enough to deal with with um, parental restrictions. Yep. Okay. So if you, you just can, turn those off, then then you don't have to ever worry about it. Well, if you, you could, what you can do, one thing that's nice is I believe for in-app purchases, there's a switch to require a password, you know, every time kind of thing. Nice. Or you can just turn them off, you know, so that kind of it, it can save you from that. You know, well, that's that's uh, of benefit. Yeah. And uh, we were talking, you know, offline. I was <clears throat> playing around with the Moves app, which again I had to turn on 
my app refresh, background app refresh. And, but I had, uh, I used it eh, just for a couple days in a row. And again, battery life depleting very, very quickly. And I, and I really think that, that having the 5S with that M7 chip, I bet, well, you, how, how is your battery life right now? If you, if you were to kick it on. Oh, my battery life right now is really good, but I don't use any apps like Move. You know, mm-hmm. I don't I, do do any of that location tracking stuff. I don't. So you know. I, I think it's one of those situations where App Refresh is a great idea, but for you know, older well, you're, phones, you know, older phones, yeah. it may not be the best option if exactly. battery life is a problem. Right. And the, and move on my phone probably wouldn't do much better yet unless they had an update that that, you know, takes advantage of the M7, but I I doubt it. It's pretty it would be pretty quick if they had, you yeah. know. They're going to have to implement some new APIs to do that, you know. Yeah. And one they said they were opening that up, so we probably sure. will see a, a host of them. Though there are some apps that get refreshed that I'm I'm really still kind of amazed like even um uh, Repost has has it. And I mean, it, you know, these were apps that haven't been updated into iOS seven, as I can remember anyway. But they autom- they were automatically kind of inside that whole uh, refresh deal. Right, right. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure. They they may have already implemented something. I don't know because they Repost and and uh, Whisper both did a. Update recently, didn't they? They might have, but see, that's when I was turning. I had automatic updates on, and then I since turned that off. Right. Yeah. See, that's the one. One of the things that bugs me about it is I, I know the updates are still there, and you can see what got updated. But I like to see what's going to be updated before it's updated. You know. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you, and that's kind of why I turned it off because like, there's something satisfying. There's something satisfying about seeing it, you know, as you're doing it, and sure. when it's like. This happened, even though I'm a big proponent of it. I lo- I mean, I like the idea that I don't have to do that. But at the same time, when it's when if it's going to kind of cost me um, battery, you know, I, I kind of have to weigh it out. Even right. though, but and I've got the Mophie battery pack on the back of mine, but I have noticed that thing is getting drained out way faster during the day than it usually does. So that's kind of why I was like, eh, I'm just going to kind of back it off a little bit. <laughs> Stop using move. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to end up having to delete it. It's just ridiculous. Do I really need to know what, what I'm doing and how many steps that I'm walking? Well, you know, there are other solutions to do that. You know, move isn't the only one. There that's are right. probably others that will do the same thing without draining your battery or move may do it without draining your battery soon. Who knows? You know, or I could get a $4 pedometer, but frankly... That's no fun. Well, yeah. I mean, to look at me, you know, well, like I need that. No. You know. You, you know? know? I've, I've, got a, I've got a well-defined skeleton. <laughs> okay. That's, that's what my, my buddy Matt and I used to always say. We've got, we've, we're, we're super defined skeletally. Z- zombie-ish okay gotcha well i mean you know we still have you still have, you know bloody color you know the normal colors 
That's always good. Well, yeah. Big time. But, you know, I was thinking about this when the comment was made about Tinker Toys, not Tinker Toys, but Fisher Price. And I think to myself, have I been so indoctrinated that I automatically believe that iOS 7 is good just because it's new and and like I I don't automatically knee-jerk defend it or any well anything Apple does. I mean I, I guess I kind of do just because I'm so used to getting, you know, hit over the head with oh, you know, Apple this, Apple that. And so you know the word fanboy starts to come into play. I honestly do like it, and I but and so I I have a hard time you know deciphering if if I'm just kind of brainwashed. Hmm. I don't know. Do you think uh, iOS seven is perfect? No. I mean, I don't. No, nah, I don't. I, I don't. Oh, I think okay. there are some. Yeah, I think there are some some issues um, that I'm not necessarily. I mean, we've just talked about them. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, sure. I, I think that there's definitely some, some, some things that need polishing. Right. Well, then the second question is, is there a better alternative? Uh, no. There you go. Okay. I mean, to yeah. me, that's kind of what it comes down to is, you know, what's your alternative? Your alternative is, is to move over to Android, you know, and that's a possibility. I, I, I bet that a pure... Google Android experience is probably not all that bad, but that's not generally what you get. You know, I just, I look at uh, um, my mother who has an iPhone now, her last phone was some sort of Android variant from Samsung, I think, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it was just a nightmare. There were, for instance, there were three different places to enter your Gmail account information. Wow. You know, and it was just, it was just confusing, and that was because Samsung had added their own crapola on top of stock Android with their own, you know, email client or what have you. You know, it was just it was just a usability nightmare. So you know, pure Android might actually be pretty good, but for me, I, it just it would be a total it would be a really big disruption to my entire workflow. Yeah, and you know. I think about this every so often, and it's like, why doesn't, why don't they try to, I guess they don't have that kind of, I hesitate to say it, but that kind of pride in what they make. And so it's like, why don't you guys, Google, promote your stuff stronger instead of just selling it off? And and just letting everybody they don't even sell it off. It's a you know it's open source, right? Well, I mean, but they do. They have the Nexus, right? Isn't that their phone? Sure, but that I mean, I'm sure that you know there isn't isn't just their Motorola arm making that. I mean, it's still Google, right? I guess I you know I just yeah like I feel like you know why don't you guys just like do like your phone and then everyone else that does an Android phone like is trying to be close to you like right. and you know but they don't have that like that pyramid it's just weird i i, I just don't get it I, I that and that's i think that's what bothers me is like they they allow for such fragmentation and and different things that 
you're never really sure what what is the pure, you know, Android experience. Right. Right. Yeah, I guess you'd have to buy a Nexus basically to get it, you know. Right. Pretty much. And in theory, that should be the best of all Android phones. Well, I think it is, but you know, then you get all these competing interests. You know, you have, you know, HTC or Samsung or whoever saying well, you know, we can add value to the phone by doing X, you know, and that kind of baloney, you know. Yeah. And we can generate uh, revenue on channel B if we uh, add, you know, this doodad, you know. Yep, yep. What have you. And then it ends up just being a crap fest. Yeah, I just, you know, I, I just look at those phones and they just bother me. And And here's the weirdest thing. Like, I get butt dialed with... <laughs> people who have Android phones, and I can't understand it because they still have a swipe to unlock. Yeah, but it's the weirdest thing. Hmm. I mean, maybe I it's like these- maybe it's some, some like hidden feature, like if you hold down a certain button for five seconds, it auto dials the last number or something. You know, kind of maybe, thing maybe, maybe. Ugh, just seems like we're past that already. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. We're not. <laughs> oh, speaking not of Google. Close. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I just saw this, and I put in the show notes. You know, they used to have, what? Uh, what was it? Google Pages? It wasn't Google Pages. What was their old web? I don't know that they had one, did they? Yeah, they did. It was like oh. Google Sites or something like that. I mean, it, it wasn't. it was very short-lived, but they've recently launched a beta that you can get free now. Uh, via Engadget, and it's called Google Web Designer. Yeah. So, looks like maybe there's this a new uh, interest in making uh, web designs or web stuff again. Well, I, is it is it a new interest? I don't know. I don't know. It just seems like it just hasn't. I, in in my mind, I guess because iWeb has gotten so. You know, it's just so old, but there aren't a lot of, you know, kind of apps or web. Well, well let me think about that. Hmm. Well, you got Squarespace and you've got all these, you know, out in the cloud services. So what, what, why, why do you need a, a web editor? Why not? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure who exactly this is for entirely. I mean, you know, we have if you're if you're a professional, you've got, you know, Adobe Dreamweaver or uh, Panics Coda or something like uh, um, uh, Rapid Weaver from uh, Real Mac. You Which know, is a sweet app. That, that's is a really nice one. Oh, yeah. I like it. So I mean, I'm not sure who this is for. And once again, you know, to be the the paranoid uh, delusional one. Well, no, that's usually your your place, but uh, I'll take the mm-hmm, role for a mm-hmm, moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it's Google. They're giving it to me for free, so what are they getting out of it? You know, once again, what, what data are they collecting? What are the, You know, wh- where's the catch? Because there's got to be one. Well, everything that Google does is about gathering more data about you. Yes. So how does this fit into the whole scheme? Of things. I mean, personally, I, I don't. I, I may download it and take a look at it, but you know, code is my go-to, and I have no desire to change that. Yeah, it was Google Sites, it, Google okay. Sites, and, and in fact, it, it it was completely 
it has been neglected. It's still, I think it's still live, but it's been completely neglected out. Sure. Well, it was probably, you know, as happens at Google, it was probably, you know, somebody or a, or a small group of people's pet project, you know, that got turned into a product and then it, at one point just languished. It happens, you know? Yep. So, uh, and, well, it's ostensibly designed for creative professionals to create engaging web content. Yeah, it, it sort of, I mean, I haven't tried it, but it sort of sounds like it's got, you know, your HTML editing, it's got CSS editing. It looks like it probably, it has some um, CSS3 animation stuff, sort of like what, what we were talking about earlier today with Hype. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know. I'd love to talk about Hype. Oh, but look, and it's integrated with DoubleClick Studio and AdMob right out of the gate. Right. Yeah, they, they want you using their ads, of course. Sure. So there you go. Yeah. And I, I understand, I again, you know, I keep saying it, but I haven't looked at it. But from what I understand, there's no FTP built in. That's you have to, you know, use transmit or whatever to, to actually do your FTPing and such. Ah, uh, okay. Interesting. I'm surprised they even have FTP. You know, I'm, I'm almost, I would almost think it would be a drag and drop situation. Well, I mean, it's you know, it's FTP one way or another, whether it's drag or drop I and mean, where, where are you where are you dragging it from and where are you dropping it you know true true i mean regardless of the action you're doing there's a underlying protocol there you know yes well I'll, and i'll tell you well we brought up hype two, hype version two 2.0 i i was listening to an episode of vector and it was um ryan nielsen who was a project manager for apple for uh, os 10 and I I'd never I had never even heard of the app, but it just excited me because it was everything for me that I wanted to hear, which is you can create HTML5 animations and right. interesting things without actually having to know any code, right. which is always a benefit to me. And I'll tell you, I am I've I've barely scratched the surface of it, but it's got some very interesting features. And none so far. I mean, one one that was I was really kind of like interested in, which was the iBooks author stuff. So you could take what you made in hype and bring it over to iBooks author because you and I were talking about the idea of making a book, but we just didn't know what to write. Right, I, right. Bring those in as interactive modules into a book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just seems really, really interesting. And and there's a lot of presets for, you know, if you want to make your own, you know, ad or um, advertisement or, or whatever inside your site. There, I mean, and but I was astonished that even just because I hadn't seen the, uh, the retina screen on the iPad, but you can design for that as well. And on the 27-inch iMac, that still takes up almost all the screen. I mean, that's that's a big sucker. Sure, sure. But it, it felt a lot like when I used to play around with Flash. And when I say play around, I never really got it. I mean, it just, I never really got it. Right. But it, it, but it, I could easily take what I knew about timelines and keyframes and immediately start playing around. Right. Mm-hmm. 
make things move around the screen and what have you. Sure. And I figure if, if it can generate me being interested in, in that, then I, I'll keep going with it. You know, there, the, the, the limitation, the barrier to entry is very easy. And right. the, pri- the price was right. It, it's $29 for a little, little bit longer, I guess. And then it goes up to 70 Yeah, so that's quite a discount. It seems like, again, they're finding their their way through the upgrade process. So it's a full, you know, point release. And what they did was they just did and, you know, lowered the price for a few days or a week. And so those that wanted to update could do it at a discount. Right, right. Which is, yeah, very cool. You know, it's, it's sort of the way you have to do it these days with... Uh with the app stores, you know, whether you like it or not. <clears throat> yep, yep. Well, and and, and our friend Brett Terpstra, uh, Mark II is now out, and so that's out on the Mark II website. But we're still holding our fingers for an app store release as well. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. Uh, I definitely want it. I'm just sort of. He's. He's said. Uh, both on when he was on our show and and in writing on his blog, he has stated that he's he's uh, doing it and working on it. So I'm going to probably hold off for that version. I think I shall too. Oh. I think. And just a FYI, the hype two has been on sale for thirty dollars uh, since September sixteenth. So oh, it's, so- yeah, it's been like fourteen days now. So uh, who knows how much longer that'll go on? You know. The uh, window may be closing. Yeah. Yep. Maybe. Now, what do you got here with the SpaceX? Oh, that was just something. I When I woke up this morning and was putzing around having coffee, I, I saw a uh, come through my RSS uh, stream. Uh, I noticed that if I wanted to, I could watch uh, SpaceX launch their... Uh, their latest uh, Falcon 9 rocket uh, live if I wanted to. So I popped online, and while I was having my coffee this morning, I I watched a little bit of the future of space travel uh, happen, you know. So now wait a minute. So who is SpaceX? Uh, SpaceX is uh, what, uh, uh, how do you say it, Elon Musk, that guy, you know. Oh, so this is completely like a... Uh, um... This is civilian space travel. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, both uh, SpaceX and Orbital Sciences, I think they're called. There's two two companies now, SpaceX and Orbital Sciences, I think they're called. I'll have to look that up, um, put it in the show notes. But there's uh, two companies now that are uh, okayed to supply the International Space Station, which is pretty cool. Well, no, I mean, Lord knows. I mean, that, somebody's got to help all the other <laughs> countries out that aren't making it. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, not to not to be too sci-fi about it, but these guys that are doing this are the predecessors to, um, you know, Professor Cochran from Star Trek who invents the warp engine. You know what I mean? These, these are the first civilian space explorers. That is pretty cool. It is. I, I find it very exciting, you know. Well, because, I mean, when you think about it, you know, NASA, it's always been, you know, it's this entity, almost kind of a, a barrier of if you're not an, a NASA astronaut, you will not go to space. Right. Well, it was it was all government, you know. 
It was, it's been government run from the beginning, both for, I'm sure, you know, military reasons and, and other reasons, you know. But uh, it, the governments can't afford to do it anymore. Right. And, of, of course, if you've watched, well, during the Breaking Bad finale last night, we got to see, I can't even tell you how many advertisements for gravity. So I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to, I, I don't think I want to go to space. Oh, I do. I, I, I wish, know. I, do I wish too. I was born a couple hundred years in the future, I think would be about right. Yeah. Man, right now we're supposed to have airlocks. We were promised airlocks and jetpacks. <laughs> we were promised those things and nothing has come. I, I yeah. Flying cars, the whole nine. Uh, th- you can't have flying cars. You know, th- think about all the idiots out there flying their cars. Oh, it'd be, I, I, it would be I've scary. Had, I had that argument with my daughters. <laughs> <clears throat> I said, but I mean, I said, you know, we're, we're living in the future. We got iPads. We got iPhones, which are almost a tricorder, you know, yes. ex- except for some uh, external sensors, you know. But in all other respects, it's pretty much there, you know. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty futuristic. Just, I just want a little more futury. I just, um, you know, just, <laughs> oh, me too. Yeah, <sighs> I would like to live on the, uh, you know, the the Firefly uh, ship Serenity and and uh, jet around the galaxy and stuff. Sure, that'd be awesome. Yeah, it just seems like that. I mean, why can't we just find something going on? Please. And and what do you mean by something going on? Well, I mean, look, it's the whole adage, you know, are we alone? I I just kind of would like to have, you know, at least an idea, like a little signal or something like that we can all latch on to and say, ooh, there is something out there. We heard it. Right. Oh, you know, it's coming. I, I personally have absolutely no doubt whatsoever that the universe holds all kinds of different life has to no it has doubt. to it's just a matter of time but you know the universe is so damn big it's just it's really it's huge and see that's always my problem it's like you know like i i watched 2001 space odyssey now they they didn't have warp drive or anything like that right so everybody's got to go into hypersleep to yep. get anywhere yep you know, I, I want Millennium Falcon. You know, just <laughs> right. Hit the hyperdrive. Giddy up. Yeah, I just I want to do the do five parsecs. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna take uh, it's gonna take some some breakthroughs and some deeper understanding of uh, of uh, theoretical physics and quantum mechanics. You know, and they'll get there, but not yeah. in our lifetime. It's not gonna be on dinosaur bones. <laughs> Won't happen. Yeah. So, but interesting mm. stuff. The the future of uh, space travel is is uh, happening right now, and people are people are pushing it forward. I think that's cool. Might as well. Might as well. Maybe it's maybe a, we can just put ourselves in hypersleep and then wait. That would be one way to travel. You could you know yeah. have yourself frozen to time travel. You know, have yourself frozen and woken up. You know, eighty years from now or what have you. With Walt Disney. Mm-hmm. Or his head. I have a concept for a, a, a short story that I'm sort of playing with, and I'll just, you know, I don't really care, so I'll just say what it is. But it's this idea of this service. I'm, I'm writing all this down right now. 
You should. Well, you know, everyone's okay. going to. But okay. it's a, it's it's a it's sort of a, a time traveling service, and what it is is it's this specially made ship that goes on a near light speed course towards a black hole and then whips around it and comes back to Earth. And because of the the incredibly high speeds that you're traveling, you know, time is passing regularly on Earth, but very slowly for the people on the ship. So they actually, it's it's a method of traveling into the future. Oh, that makes sense. I mean, that makes perfect sense. That that would be the, you know, that would, that makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. You just can't go backwards. No, you can go. It's really easy to time travel forwards. It just requires immense speed. Or sleep. uh, I do it every night. Or sleep. There you go. Mm Mm-hmm. But backwards, backwards is real tough. Yeah. See, I think that there's a real issue with the whole backwards thing. <laughs> there is. I mean, first of all, uh, you know, all movies that do anything with time travel, especially going back into it, you know, they got that's that's a really a, a, a trap you can get quite caught in. But think mm-hmm. about that. Anything you do could have really massive ramifications. Well, I, you know, and, and you could even potentially argue that just your matter existing in that space time could just be immensely disruptive. You may may not even have to do anything, just being there. Yep. Well, think about that. You because you, you'd be breathing in particulates that were meant for somebody else. Yeah, and your matter wasn't supposed to exist in the universe. Well, I guess matter always exists in some form, but. You would be a duplicate, you know. I guess it's that old thing where, uh, you know, you meet up with your uh, your past self, and you got to be really careful you don't touch or the universe will implode or something, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know if yeah, we got we got to figure that one out because there. I, if, Sadly, if can, I am not a particle physicist. I wish right. I was, but I don't know about quantum mechanics as much as I would like. I just I wish I could go back and just tell myself a few things. <laughs> oh god well i mean you know sure that's the human condition we all wish that right <laughs> if oh, well. only i knew what i know now i know yep yep but see then even that would just change even you doing that could negate you right there well it would you know it would change everything it would yeah <laughs> All right. Well, see, this is the pigeonhole and 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 the, and the rat hole you go into as soon as you start talking about this stuff. Yeah, yeah. I need to get Looper. I need to see Looper. I haven't seen uh, that well, yet. T- we should talk about it. I, I'll watch it again, All just right. just for that conversation because I'm I, I still don't think I get it, and I I, I find myself a pretty astute um, uh, student of film, and right. that movie throws me for a proverbial loop. Hmm. All right. I'll be interested to see you. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it another time. All right. All right. Um, so I, I just wanted to say that, you know, there there's a few apps that have, have really um, just come out that have gotten me. Um, yeah, it just it makes me gay. It makes me real happy. Um, and and that, that's pocket trains. Never heard of it. Uh, well, first of all, pocket trains is, I think, the fourth of a series from I'm trying to think of who who does it and I'll tell you in just a second. 
Um, but they made pocket planes and they nimble bit. Nimble bit. These guys make like the eight bit stuff. Oh, tiny tower. Sure. Uh huh. Tiny you. tower. Golly, I was a straight addicted to that game. But now they have um, pocket trains, which has a really slick look to it. It it it's got this you know eight kind of sixteen bit train that's going down the track, but the animations on the backside and uh, the foreground had this really nice blur about them, and it at sixty frames per second looks delicious. Huh. I see here it's a freemium title that where they it's it's free free to free to play, but they want to pack you for bucks. They call it bucks and crates. Right. And, and how, how's the play without spending money? That's always I, my question. I, I, look, I've only spent in-app purchases on like two apps, and neither of which were games. And I have great fun with all the nimble bit stuff, and I've never spent a dime. Right. Well, that's always the key, you know, because some people really make it hard to have a good time without spending the money, and, and some folks do a good job. I'll have to check this out. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I had downloaded... Um, I was really excited about uh, Plants vs. Zombies 2. And I played it for a couple hours and realized that if I did not buy um, buy into it in any way, I would not be able to go any further in the game. Right. And I, that really... I, I was really kind of upset about that. I was like, you know, just charge me six ninety nine. And and, and right. I'll buy it. So, I, I'm, I, I, I it got deleted. Um, yeah. I, I, it's just the way it had to be. I always wonder about. I mean, I, I have the first Plants vs Zombies, which I guess probably everybody has. But I, you know, to be honest with you, I got bored with it pretty quick. I don't know. It just didn't really do it for me. I, you know, I don't know. It takes the the thing about that game in particular. It takes too long. There's no quick game in it. Right, right. Yeah, if you want to sit down and really play, you're you're in it for a, a good twenty minutes at least. You know. Yeah, and that's not that's not what you want to do. Mm-hmm. But huh. you do want pocket trains because you can send your trains out, and like six minutes later, they're at their destination. Cool. <laughs> the little game that I've been playing at the moment that sort of caught my attention, and I grabbed it because it was I think it was half price, ninety nine cents instead of two bucks, I believe. It's called Little Galaxy. And it's it's a very silly little game actually, but you're just this dude standing on a planet, and the plant you know you're very large in scale to the planet, but the planets are spinning. There's planets all along, and and they're all spinning in different directions, and there's stars that you pick up, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but all you do is jump from planet to planet. So we're talking doodle jump meets planets, <laughs> sort of, yeah. You know, and as you progress along, there could be a star on the screen as well, which will create gravity. So you have to, you know, adjust your jump to deal with the gravity so you land on the planet. You know, it's just it's kind of cute. I like it. And what it's is one it? Of those L- little what? Little Galaxy. All right. Let me take a look at this. And it's one of those games where you can pick it up and, and play it real quick in line, you know, or whatever. That's what I'm talking about. It's very cute. Really great little mm-hmm. graphics, cute little sounds, just fun. 
See, and it, I, I think that's sometimes where some of these some of these cats kind of miss the point. They want to make this big, you know big extravaganza, and they miss if the game is even fun. Yeah. Yeah, like Little Galaxy, the only thing that you ever do is just tap the screen. And it doesn't matter where, because all you're doing is triggering jumps with a tap. So the gameplay is immensely simple, but it's just cute and fun. They have a good good storyline, nice graphics, good good flow, you know, the whole deal. I'm with you. I'm with you completely. Yeah. And, and stuff that doesn't impact a huge amount of time. Right. And yep. and that you can play maybe maybe you could play in a meeting and it would seem as though you were typing something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't have meetings, so. But yes, yeah, I, do. I, I imagine you could probably <clears throat> get away. Just make sure you put it on silent. You know, that's the beauty of of Marvel uh, War of Heroes. It doesn't have any music. Well, it does, but I don't. I didn't download it. Gotcha. And that's yeah. where you can really. <clears throat> I, 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 that's where I've lost myself, and um, I've had a few marital issues over it, so I've decided to um, keep it keep it under wraps. Uh-huh. But it's hard to because they keep wanting wanting me to play. Philip, did you hear me? Did you hear what I said to you, Philip? Philip, no. are no. you paying attention? No. Yeah, I got. No, you. it's usually when there's a, a some sort of um, I need you to pay attention to this right now <laughs> and that's that's when it happens and i get caught right, right. Yeah. and there's no there's no getting around it just a minute honey mm-hmm. no i don't ever say that i just i i put it in my pocket and as soon as i i feel like i like i i can get away with it then then my phone comes right back out i gotcha i gotcha <clears throat> mm-hmm. but, it, but it's problematic it, i mean you know that's for sure <laughs> Well, that was um, an interesting question that I had that I just sort of, I'd like to hear what you have to say about it, maybe. But how do you fund your your app store purchases? Because <clears throat> if you're anything like me, and you're probably not as bad as I am, but you know, you got a lot of apps. No, I'm nowhere near as bad as you. I mean, okay. I, I'll say that flat out because I know <laughs> I, I I I I'm always amazed. At, oh yeah, I got that. Oh yeah, I got that on a whim. Da, da, da. Um, my funding, I am not very stingy with my money to begin with. Uh-huh. So I'm, I'm not a very frugal person. However, if I get an iTunes card, I become Ebenezer Scrooge <laughs> to the nth degree. And I don't know what it is, but there is something about that fun balance that I have in, in, in the iTunes that I can't, I like, I, I have to, like, I can have something, a bunch something of th- really great might come out. I better wait. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, and, and, and what we we're talking about, because with Mavericks coming out, I had, I had $35, which is, is a lot. I had $35 in the account. Then Angie bought a book. So, and I didn't know about it. Right. And that's not the first time. And, we should share. I mean, you know, but again, my my scroogeness comes out yeah. when when there are purchases made, and I don't know about them. 
in in in, in this particular realm. Uh huh. Because I feel like I have more control in this realm. But so then there's like nine dollars or sixteen dollars, and I'm like, it's a book. It shouldn't be sixteen dollars. Right. I you know I don't. But so anyway, with the advent of of Mavericks, I was like, well, maybe I need to keep nineteen, maybe twenty nine on hand so I can just do that. Right. And then hype two 2.0 and you and I were debating it. I basically said, would you, you said, if I had enough, I would do it. And so I, I thought, okay, that was enough. Now I got pushed like that before. And this is where I get, if I have money in there, I can be easily manipulated. And here I'll give you a perfect example. I was extremely content Content with Downcast. Okay. Very content. I content. liked it a lot. You were well, happy. yeah. I mean, look, the guys that that make it live in are the the they're they're over in Cary, which is you know a couple hours north of me. And I thought, okay, you know, I'm I'm helping North Carolina business, whatever. Not right. at two ninety nine, but whatever. And all of a sudden, Iowa 7 pops out and Pocket Cast comes, comes onto the scene. Now, apparently, they've, they've had an app for some time, but they did a whole new Iowa 7 refresh. And I wasn't, I wasn't, I had it in my wish list, but it wasn't like I really wanted it. I did Instacast for a while, then they did their update, and that kind of made me mad, and I, I kind of just didn't like them after a while. So I went to Downcast and I really liked it. And then I got my arm twisted with, you know, should I or shouldn't I? And Mason kept saying to me, well, I think it might be pretty good. And so I was like, well, are you going to do it or not? And it always ends up being where I don't hear anything and I assume that maybe they've already downloaded it. So it's like if we, if we both jump, it makes it okay. But, <laughs> okay, okay. But it has happened more than once where – we're both running to the to the ledge, and then I don't realize that no one's beside me anymore, and I made the leap. And so now I got pocket cast. He does too now, only because I, I put up such a stink about it. And it's okay. I like it. It's it, it you know it it it's different. Right. And then pretty pretty soon here, one well one of these days. I would assume within the next six months we're going to get uh, overcast from Marco. Yeah, that you know it's going to have to be within the next six months because he's announced the name, and mm-hmm. you can and once you once you basically announce the name, you better have registered it in iTunes Connect, and once you do that, you've got six months to deliver a product. So, yeah, I think the the last ATP, I think. Some of that stuff had been done, like he had filed for a new corporation and that whole right. nine yards. But I'll tell you, Syracuse, you know, really kind of stumbled upon something that I hadn't really thought about. And usually some of his stuff is, you know, his his fickleness is a little bit, you know, it, it's, it's a niche. But I thought it was interesting um, of scrubbing the timeline to you know get to a certain place in your in your podcast and yeah yeah. i I, whether i think that's a lot to ask of an app to be able to stretch from all the way end to end and then to zoom in i don't know if i would want it 
but I guess I would like it if it was already there. Maybe. Maybe. I just, I, I've, I've never, I mean, Mr. Syracuse is a pretty particular kind of guy, you know? Exactly. And he I, knows per, I personally have never found myself in a position where I was like, ooh, I got a sink where I was listening down to the millisecond, you know, from one place to another. I just, you know, that kind of accuracy when listening to a podcast or whatever, I just don't care. Yeah. You know? And I will, and I'll tell you, Pocket Cast does a really nice job of it. But you have right. to make sure that you close the app when you when you when you're done playing, you know, you close it down, give it time to sync to iCloud before going to another device. Right. Right. If yeah, that's, a, that's, that, a, that's then, the thing with iCloud all the time. You know, it's it's always it's not quite instant. You know, you got to give it a second. Right. So, yeah. I, I, in and the other thing is, what what's Apple going to do? I know that you know. I you know. What do you mean? Like what's Apple going to do? Their their app is fine. There's nothing I, wrong with their app. Well, there was. Well, that's not what I said though. I just I wish they the real to real would come back. Yeah, I mean the eye candy was kind of cool, but uh, you know everybody has certain things that they want from software, and that's great, et cetera. But for me, the built-in podcast app works great. And the thing is, I think I do. I, I want to just like that and and not have options. I would rather just have that than have all these silly podcatchers. Right. Yeah. Oh, I, I agree. And and Apple's is going to continue to be free, you know, which is yep. nice. I, it is nice. And I, I mean, and it, and it does exactly what you want to do. I mean, and it's got a great interface for, you know, moving your podcast around. It looks good. Yeah. You know, I think it's I think, fine. I you think know? this addition of the show notes and, and how things look and I don't know, it just gets to be cumbersome. I think you have to really geek out on it. And and not to say I don't, but, you know, there's something uh, to just having it simple. Sure. And and I'll bet you that as, you know, as the as we progress into the future and if podcasts keep, you know, on the roll they're on, you know, um, that we'll see eventually more features like – you know, a, an easy way to integrate show notes and stuff like that, you know, via, you know, because obviously they show up in iTunes, but that'll get integrated into the podcast app, et cetera. You know, it'll come. Yeah. But once again, you know, everybody uses it a different way. I don't really care about show notes. I generally don't look at them. If I want to see show notes, I'll pop over to 5x5 five five or Mule or whatever and, and take a quick look. But generally, I'm just listening, you know. Yeah, I, and that's the other thing is like when I'm in the car, do do you really want me clicking on your notes? Well, you shouldn't be. No, yeah, obviously not. Right, but so you, you've already given me that distraction just by doing that. Like, but the podcast app, it doesn't give you that distraction so you don't have to work. You know, you're, not, you're not going around and looking for anything. Right. So it's something to think about. Yeah, yeah. Because ultimately, you know where that phone or pod is going to end up. It's going to end up in the car, and you're going to plug it in and have an issue. Unless you've got some sort of supercar that shows you all these things. Sure, sure. And once again, I, I totally understand where you're coming from, but I don't listen to podcasts in the car, so I, it's not an issue for me. You know. 
it's weird because I've just recently, well, I say recently, um, probably in the last six months have been doing that more. And because it used to be music all the way, like all the time. And, and I've started switching gears. And I think that's probably where, you know, that I've started looking at different, you know, pod catching apps just to see who's who's the best. And at the other end of the spectrum is it kind of fills that whole idea of, you know, supporting developers in some capacity. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I mean, well, you know, I, I'm sure I'm all for supporting developers, but I mean, you know, I, you know, I, who are you, are you talking about supporting all developers? How do you choose which developers you support and which ones you don't? You know, that's true. But this is a derail because you're asking me how 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 do I get my iTunes money? I that it's, was 20 minutes ago. That's right. But I want to. I'm, I'm circling back. I'm going to circle the train right back. Okay. I don't. I, it's always on the card, which seems so weird, but it, it it's just always I always buy a card, and it's just one maybe I don't know if it's twenty times a year that might that might be overstating the case, but probably about maybe twenty times in a year I'll get a card either you know for Christmas or I'll, you know somebody knows that they can't really buy anything for me, but they know that I'll I can use that, and so they'll bust me a fifteen dollar gift 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 card. And I'll be like, nice. Yeah, yeah. Always a good gift. Always. Everybody it's loves the, those. It's the gift that keeps on giving. But now you do something completely different. Well, I have a, I have a system. Sorry. All right. Let's I don't. Let's, I don't. I don't ever use my credit card. You know, obviously my iTunes account has a credit card associated with it, but I never tap into the credit card. What I do is, um, you know, somebody may give me a card on occasion, like you're talking about, rarely, you okay. know. But what I do is just as I'm going about my life, any coins that I receive as change in my day-to-day living, and, you know, a lot of people this probably wouldn't uh, uh, apply to because a lot of people don't even use any cash anymore. They use plastic only, you know. Correct. Um, but for those people that do use cash like me, um, any change that I receive as I'm going about my daily business ends up in a bowl, a certain sure. bowl, okay. and it, okay. it remains untouched. And then once a month, I take that bowl to the, well, not the bowl, but the coins in the bowl, uh, to the grocery store, which has a Coinstar machine, you know, that uh, changes your change into money kind of thing. Yes, yes. And if you if you put your coins in and you and you want cash for them, they charge you a fee, you know, for that service. Sure. But if instead you choose an iTunes gift card, basically, you know, uh, there is no fee. They waive what? the fee, so you can just basically turn your your change into iTunes credit without losing anything. So that's what I do once a month or so depending on how much change I've received, you know, over mm-hmm. the time, I, I go in there and I, you know, end up with 20 or 30 bucks worth of iTunes credit, you know? I didn't know they matched you, like, yeah. penny for I, I penny. Yeah, I guess Apple, uh, you know, because of their deal with Apple or whatever, they waive the fee, but there's, yeah, it's just a straight exchange. Put your money in, get a little piece of paper out with a redemption code, and away you go. Oh, so that's how they do it. Mm-hmm. 
Now, speaking of which, I don't know if you've noticed this recently, and I just had because I had gotten a card, but now you can use the camera to, it will like look and, and, and completely recognize the, the, the code and it comes up in a really slick way. And those, those numbers and letters kind of get highlighted and boom, yep. you've, it's, it's, it's redeemed. Yep. Yep. Nice. I, I was kind of blown away by it. I, I, well, it's know. just barcode scanning basically, you know? Well, and this was, but this was identification of the of the letters, which I mean, it's just one of those things that always interests me. Even though, like mm-hmm. QR codes, like I want those to be cool, but they're not. Oh, I see, and I always thought they are kind of cool. I, I I think they're kind of cool. I don't know. I don't know why people poo poo them so much. I mean, I think they're kind of neat. You can pack a lot of data into this little graphical square. I think it's kind of cool. <clears throat> I'm waiting for somebody to do it in an interesting way and not put it in the corner of an ad and do it like almost kind of like I thought about this like what if you did a QR code really big and so that when somebody took a picture it actually you know was so you know kind of in the background of something that it immediately fetched the data like you almost kind of like where where, where you might not actually pull a camera and scan a card or, you know, scan a code, it would be so big that you couldn't help but scan it. That's just that's just me. Giant QR codes. <laughs> Giant QR codes. Well, I mean, you still have to, you know, the built-in camera app doesn't scan codes, so you'd still have to, you know, you'd still have to be specifically trying to scan it with a scanning app, you know? See, that, that makes me wonder, though, and again, I don't have any basis for this, but I'm wondering if, like, if the Android stuff, that, like, it automatically scans stuff off the off their off their camera app because I know the Google app for iPhone, which I deleted, would like you could immediately it would auto it would always like go right for the scan. Huh. See, I, I I wouldn't want my camera to do that. That sounds horrible. I I know. You know, it should be an option perhaps, but to have it just automatically do that is not a good idea. I don't think so either. I, I I like the idea of QR codes. I just want to see them, something interesting done with them, something that I haven't seen and and be interesting about it. Right. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe I'm asking too much. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Where are we at? I don't know. I think we're probably getting near the end here. Probably. I'm kind of curious about this whole thing with uh, Park and Recreation. Oh, it's just a show that I hadn't really watched before and I started watching recently, and I, I think it's really funny. I like it. Which which one is that? Is that the the one with the guy with the mustache? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's, he's the head of the department. The, the, the main character is uh, Amy Poehler, plays, uh, you know, basically a, a uh, government worker in the Parks and Recreation Department of Pawnee, Indiana. And Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe, he's not at the he's not in the show from the beginning, but yeah, he does join the show. Yeah, and he's quite okay. humorous, mm-hmm. right? And the banner, I, I, I've watched a couple times, and I like the banner between um, um, mustache and Rob Rob Lowe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's just a fun show. You know, it's it's cute and it's funny, and there's no laugh track, which makes me really happy. You know. 
Are there any shows really now that are doing laugh tracks? I don't know. When it, whenever I go down to network TV, it seems like everything has a laugh track on it. I don't know. You know. And I mean, the right. stuff you watch, you know, Breaking Bad and uh, yeah, Sons, that would be, Sons actually, of Anarchy don't really, you know, need a laugh track. You know what, though? But now I'm thinking about this. It would be kind of interesting to to just take an episode of either either Sons of Anarchy or Breaking Bad and just every once in a while throw a laugh track underneath it. <laughs> Come after my wife. You're going to feel how personal this is for you. <laughs> if you like or dislike the show, rate it on iTunes, punk. Contact the show at feedback at preservationestate.com or connect with Christopher and Moe's on app.net. Thanks for your eardrums. See you next week. Punk.